All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We first like to thank our sponsors for this one in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox Racing, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another cracking Aussie motocross focus show as I'm joined by special guest in young Aussie speeds to Ryan Alexanderson, who races in the Aussie Pro-MX series in the MX2 class. How's life, mate? And thanks for joining us. No, everything's going really great over here. Thanks for having me on the show and, uh, yeah, appreciate the call-up. No worries, mate. Yeah, it's good to get some of these young Aussies on, mate, like yourself. You were doing a bloody good job on the on the program you're running. So, yeah, just for all the fans, just tell us a bit about your program and how you're mixing, you know, working a job and racing professionally. It's impressive, mate. Uh, yeah, so my sort of program, I've been training with Zero Zero Elite Rider Training for the last about three years. We've got a great program running. We've got a great bunch of riders that we're training alongside Darren Tanny, a lot of other professional athletes on the the east coast in queensland um yeah so we sort of <clears throat> keep our training group all go to the same gym and all that sort of stuff and train together during the week um yeah so i've got a heavy diesel fitter apprenticeship that i started about i think about two years ago two years ago so i worked at sort of full-time the first first two years and this this year has been more, more part-time sort of casual work i've really really been into working as much this year. I've been trying to focus on this is my pro debut in MX2 class. So going to go up against factory riders, factory teams on full-time programs as well. So sort of go step my level up of training and off bike and keep all my own race bikes and stuff up to spec since that's all up to me this year. So yeah, a lot more responsibility for the motocross side of things. So that's where most of my focus has been. Yeah, mate, it's pretty cool what you're doing, mate. Just doing everything to chase the dream, really, you know. So, but you must be learning so much, obviously, racing in the class from stepping up from MX3, which you're pretty much a title contender there. So, how have you found the transition MX2 and just how good is it, you know, just learning, training with those guys every day? Because they're some serious heavy hitters, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. It's um, the transition isn't actually as hard as difficult as I was expecting it to be. It was really similar when I first went from the junior ranks into MX3. It's really good to have that sort of MX3 class nowadays because when I first started MX3, I was sort of around a similar spot that I am now. So like sort of bouncing around that sort of top 10 and then sort of just get a one click off ride where it just takes off and then you can really excel from there. But um, so yeah, it's so my first year MX2 obviously and that's sort of where I've been. I've been sort of bouncing around the top 10, had a couple of top five motos. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been good just to work towards all that sort of stuff for these last two rounds in um, Queensland. So hopefully we'll be able to push towards a top five, maybe podium position there. But yeah, just such a deep field. Everyone's sort of whole top seven, top eight can really podium or win races. Really, we've got one or two riders that are on just a completely different level in our class. But once you step back from third to about eighth, ninth, it's really, it's really even playing field. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Obviously, Crawford and Todd are sort of streets ahead there. Obviously, got so much more experience than the majority of the guys. Then you got, yeah, like yourself, Connolly, Ferguson, Minia, Bud, Barham, Andrews, Yoki, Armour. You know, there's just so many guys, mate. So how important is getting the start? Yeah, it just must be keeping that fitness and stamina throughout the whole moto, remaining concentrated and focused. Uh, that's the key things, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Definitely, that's one thing I've had to up a bit more and sort of mental concentration of the motos for the fitness and that sort of stuff. Just that extra five minutes each motor doesn't sound like a whole 
big difference, but it, it um yeah, it catches you off guard sometimes in um once I started race MX two, but um yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. Do you sort of find you watch back the races on, on TV and that kind of thing just to sort of gain little pointers and things you could have done differently? Are you that kind of guy? You know, because some guys don't really worry about rewatching. Some are, some others are right into it, the technical side of it and everything. Uh, what sort of category are you in? Oh, 100%. I always watch back the races. Like, a lot of the time at the races, I watch back the first moto because I show a lot of what the leaders are doing and what they're doing from the first moto and sort of how they get about the track, especially if it's sort of a diff- more difficult layout. I um even all the MX one classes and stuff. I just like to watch and see, just see and learn, so I can come back motor two more prepared and that sort of stuff. And if I get screen time or there, if I've had a good motor or whatnot, then yeah, I'll be able to build off and see where I feel like I'm going to go on good and go on bad. So just trying to prove every time. Yeah, mate, the momentum's building pretty nicely. You must be pretty confident ahead of these last two in the Queensland sort of home tracks for you, I guess you would say. And yeah, what would you say, have your thoughts been on the tracks in general this year? There's obviously been some, you know, it's been a bit disjointed. You know, obviously the first round had the tragedy and then the second round it happened was like the stinking hot mudder and then Wodonga, that was just, yeah, that was just a bit of a train wreck, that one. And then Maitland was was an interesting one, pretty slick and greasy and sort of hard to find traction. And then Gilman had the weather came into it there too and Toowoomba was, yeah, much better, much better for the fans, better for everyone really. So how have you uh, sort of seen that and how excited are you for the last two? Um, honestly, the tracks this year have been, I don't know, I'd say questionable the most. It's obviously no one's like track works at fault. They've obviously been putting a lot of work. All the rounds have just got unfortunate with rain and all that sort of stuff and just stuff gone everywhere. But even Swarm, everyone's saying that was really good. They, um, they just didn't rip the track anywhere near deep enough. It was more like sort of like a local, local club day type track prep. So like we had a national event there and had about one right in each corner and, I don't know. I feel like that track had a lot more potential. It's still, I mean, I can't complain. It wasn't a full mudder like a lot of the other rounds, but yeah, hopefully, I think QMP, they've been putting in a lot of work lately. That track should be unreal. And obviously, Coolum's always up to spec. That track's always unreal. So, shame it's going to be the last time we'll be out of Coolum, but hopefully, go out in the bang out there in the last two rounds. Yeah, mate. Have you got any, would you like to see any tracks, you know, added to the schedule for you personally? And what's your take on sort of there being no West Coast rounds? Obviously, it's a bit of a logistical nightmare, but there's so many good riders from that side of the country. And it'd kind of be nice to fit them in at some point, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, so I'd definitely love to see Condale on a couple more. I mean, a lot of my home tracks are in Queensland, so that'd be a bit biased on my behalf. But um, yeah. yeah, the WA rounds, I mean... Since I'm not on a factory team and obviously getting bikes and everything over there would be a nightmare for myself. I'd, I'd love to go race a few WA races, but yeah, logistically it just costs a ridiculous amount of money. And I doubt a lot of anyone, not anyone, I doubt a lot of the top riders that aren't on factory teams to be able to make the trip over. But if I obviously tackle sport and truck was going over, it doesn't, um, doesn't affect a lot of those riders as much. It'd be unreal. But yeah, logistically, you just lose a lot of the sort of midfield in a lot of the classes, I feel. Yeah, it's a bit like the MXGP going to Indonesia, some of those, yeah, private teams that just can only have the budget for Europe. They, they just miss out. So it just ruins your momentum and I guess you, you know, your desire to really go and do all the races you can because you're not in any fight for a championship once you miss rounds. So, no, it's a good take on that, mate, especially running a privateer setup like you are. And how do you manage the gaps in the schedule, mate? Another topic that definitely divides opinion and a lot of the races don't really like because you just sort of, you know, obviously you guys have the sunny states, which fills in the gaps. But, yeah, what's your take on it, how the actual Pro MX series has these big gaps? Like, I think it's a seven-week gap we're in now, isn't it? 
Yeah, honestly, I'm just not a fan at all. Like, I feel even from round to round at the start of the year, the three, four-week gaps were – I felt those were even excessive. But, um, yeah, seven weeks is crazy. And we've had – I don't think we've had any – I could be wrong. I don't think we've had any races. The Sunny State Series finished um, a couple of months ago now. So, this seven-week break has just been – like, I did a MX Store Battle of the Bush event, which is yeah. just a three-hour event, just doing stuff like that. And I've just been surfing lately and – Obviously, we've still been training, but I know it's it's pretty hard to keep mentally focused and um, motivated to get all this all this training when it always feels like you're working not working towards anything. But it's just such a a big break. I mean, obviously, it's good to get on top of any, everything and um, get all the race bikes and everything sorted and try and clean everything up so you're ready for the last two rounds. But yeah, no, I'm not a biggest fan of all these breaks. I'd rather back to back and be able to add more rounds in eventually for the next next couple of years. Yeah, it'd be awesome, mate. Definitely needs it. Did you manage to get a bit of supercross training in, spinning some laps on that in between the gap, mate, or is it just purely motocross at this point? Uh, just purely motocross at this point. Um, we've definitely – I've got all my stuff sort of ready for supercross training. Everything's going to fall in line. I think we're going to have a week, two weeks off after Coolum and then get straight into the supercross training. But, um, yeah, again, even there, that's that's a big break towards supercross, which is good, but it's just another small only three-round series, so it's pretty – you don't need too much training and too much risk before the end of the motocross season for three rounds of supercross, I guess. So that was sort of where my head was lining up in that aspect. Yeah, it's a tough balance for you guys to sort of, yeah, because you want those gate drops, but there's, you know, none really around. It's just like you see like Jed Beat and head up Wash Eagle. And obviously you had the budget, you'd probably love to go to America. But in your grand scheme of things, is that would be one of the goals for you to get to America or race MXGP or anything like that? Oh, 100%. I would, I would love to go to America. I even race um, MXGP, be, be unreal. Like Both of those would be dreams come through. I think I would, I would love to do both. Like If I got an opportunity to do both at the same time, I think I'd almost lean towards America. Though. Just the lifestyle and everything looks a bit more enjoyable than the full-time winter season over in uh, Europe. But it's definitely one of those things I would just definitely want to go try and do a year over there racing. Like, you think you yeah, tick off the bucket list. Oh, yeah. A lot of the guys you train with, obviously, have given you some pretty cool insights, mate. And you know, the training programs in Australia, like your one, and you got the Beatons Pro Formula. How good are these, you know, training setups to develop riders like yourself? And how beneficial is it for you testing yourself every day on these tracks and against these heavy hitters, like you said? Oh, it's unreal. Like, for where I am now, I couldn't really be in a better spot. I got, um, obviously, T- Aaron Tandy and Nathan Crawford. And Nathan Crawford spent some time over in Europe. And, like, every day, obviously... Uh, just the intensity is just always there. Everyone's just trying to be better. And I'm always chasing those two guys. And then um, obviously got Caleb Barham, a lot of other riders that we train with. We're all just chasing to be better, better each time. And obviously, well, I'm a competitive, really competitive person. So um, they always obviously put in 110 effort just for the training every week, trying to just beat everyone pretty much. But um, yeah, it's really good. Everyone sort of pushes each other along. And so our coaches really got everything sorted. So we have an off-bike training program as well. And a lot of us cycle together. So, yeah, we've got sort of all training aspects sort of dialed. We have a good group. We can all, all do all that stuff together. With. So it's good. It's good. A lot of those guys have done a lot of years of it. So they, they know where, how to go about it and stuff. So it's not just like me making the program up and just thinking, oh, I should do this this week. Or so It's good to have a program to rely on each week. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And just with your racing, do you find you deal with the pressure and I guess the weight of expectations to perform? Do you put a lot on yourself, mate? You seem like you're a pretty relaxed, sort of easygoing character, and that probably helps you, you know, before the races, stay level-headed and calm, I'd imagine. Uh, honestly, I, yeah, I'm really 
I don't know. I don't really find the pressure all to be that heavy. Other than the only time I really felt the pressure is around last year when I was coming down to that title on MX3. But um, yeah, MX2, I, I don't know. I just feel pretty calm and relaxed, really. It's, um, I don't know. I've never really been too stressed. Always just out there having fun on the motorbike at the end of the day. So yeah, as long as I'm having fun, it's um, yeah, no real stress or too much pressure. There's obviously pressure around everything, but I don't know. I feel like the more you let it get to you, the harder it gets. And, I don't know, the more you overthink and all that stuff, that sort of stuff. So I feel pretty level-headed around a lot of the big races. Yeah, mate. Does that translate into the sort of the way you set your bike up? You're not too worried if things aren't a hundred percent. You just ride and do your best because a lot of riders get pretty, you know, stuck in the technical details and wanting clickers changed everywhere. Are you pretty cruisy, relaxed to that, or are you pretty meticulous? Um, oh, we put a lot of work in the start of the season. We try to get like a base. This new 23 KDM is taking a lot more um, effort and testing and getting all that sort of stuff dialed than um, or any other bike that I've really been on. So that's definitely dragged out a bit longer than just the pre-season. Like we've, I mean, still up until about three weeks ago, we've got a new fork setting like internally. So, but that's that's pretty easy going. Like once I'm at the race, I'm not too stressed. Like I know what I want. Like I know if my bike's doing some sort of thing. I know most of the time I know how to go about it. And I got my suspension tech, um, Casey from NP, so he's really he really knows how to help me and obviously encourages really um sort of smart in that sort of area of like gearing and sort of setup. But yeah, once I've sort of got that base, I'm pretty easy going. I sort of know what sort of changes I need to need to set up for the track. Yeah, that's pretty cool to hear, mate. And just we got lots of listeners from America, the UK, all over Europe. Just sort of give us a little bit of an insight into how you got into motocross and the journey through the ranks as a kid to becoming a professional, I guess, and some of the key milestones you've reached in that time. Yeah, I like this question. Um, yeah, it started off, my dad used to just play around. Him and his um, him and his brother used to just um, send off-road bikes and cruise around in the bush and just ride like that. And um, ended up getting me and my sister a bike and we just sort of, just floating around on Pee Wee 50, like nothing crazy. And our close family friends at the time used to be decent uh, racers and they were the same age as me. They used to do all the club days at Coolum, Tivoli, all our local club races. And I got the KDM 50. I just started racing, having a bit of fun. And then I think about a year year later, I got my first first win just at a local, I think it was a sunny state or a southeast Queensland event. And um, yeah, just from there, that, I don't know, I just really enjoyed the winning and just the competitive aspect from it. And um, <clears throat> and that built me up to just race more and more. And then we got, got a bit higher level, started racing junior Aussie titles. And then I won my first Aussie title in 2018 in uh, Tasmania. And that sort of, I don't know, I guess that sort of sent so serious and well, helped me notice that I was actually a good enough rider to take it pretty far. And then, yeah, MX3 last year was definitely, that was definitely one of the set in stone. So where I lied as a, a um, professional motocross rider in Australia. So, yeah, those sort of key milestones helped me get to where I am today. And, yeah, so I've been KDM since day dot, really. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. You see someone like Cade Minier, obviously you battled with him last year. You're sort of at a similar level. So you'd be definitely keen to do what he's doing, maybe, you know, go to America. So you're sort of on that trajectory, mate, with that sort of talent and speed and skill level. So it must be pretty cool. Obviously, you two on KTMs, those battles are going to rage for the next few years to see who sort of comes out on top. It's going to be cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we sort of, yeah, I like Caden. He's a, he's a, he's a good person. Obviously a great rider. 
Um, but yeah, we sort of come from different different sides. Like he's an unreal sand yeah. rider, and I feel one. Um, I feel like people are better in sort of hard pack base, which where he may struggle a bit more, but I struggle a bit more in the sand. So we sort of sort of share really good aspects, and then uh, delaying others. But no, he's a great rider, and he's obviously looking to going over to Europe and maybe America. So yeah, that'd be obviously real to go over there. Good to see him succeed in what he's done. Yeah, mate. Well said. Yeah, that hard base stuff is definitely important. Obviously, you see a lot of the MXGP rounds are, you know, hard pack as well. So that sort of skills definitely holds you in good stead, mate. And just wanted to get your take on the, you know, the coverage of the sport in Australia. Obviously, the TV package is really solid, you know, on a pay TV and a free-to-air TV. Whereas you look at some of the European series and they're not quite at a level, you know, like Australia has. It's very impressive. And obviously, you've got places like Moto Online and Moto Limited doing a great job bringing the coverage and, you know, on MX Vice to try to shine the spotlight on you guys when we can. So how do you think the coverage is, mate? Do you think it needs to be better or you think it's at a good level? And also, do you enjoy doing the media stuff? Because some guys see it as a bit of a burden, you know, especially on race, so I can understand that you might not want to do it. But yeah, what's your take on it all? Honestly, I think Australia is really like elevating their sort of TV coverage with um, SBS On Demand. So that's, that's unreal. Like you can get it on TV, get it on your phone, you can sort of watch it anywhere and they cover it on Facebook as well. So um yeah, no, I think Australia's there's still room for improvement, but they've really elevated like their sort of coverage and all sort of aspects. And yeah, no, I don't mind doing a lot of the media stuff. I definitely, definitely on race day when it gets sort of closer towards my uh, races or rides, I really like to keep a clear head and I really obviously don't really feel like talking to anyone, but that's that's just when you get close to the first race. But when you have sort of other than race day, I actually don't mind doing sort of stuff and yeah, chatting to different people. Like uh, from Motor Online, I was talking to Dylan Wilson there not long ago and have a nice chat with him and all that sort of stuff. So, I don't mind. It's, it's pretty cool to hear what people have to ask and what they're looking for. So, yeah. Yeah, mate, good to raise your profile. And obviously, your Instagram's, you know, reasonably active on that with some pretty cool videos, photos, and this kind of stuff, mate. And it's good for the videographers, too, to get their name out there as well. So, you enjoy doing that, mate. Some people don't like it, but it's sort of a necessary part of it today, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's cool to work with a lot of guys, like in the film sort of, uh, industry i guess as well so it's yeah it's pretty cool obviously raise profile from everyone around involved so nah, I, I don't mind i enjoy it and all that social media sort of exposure for it sort of works for everyone really it doesn't good do you want to ask you about the lawrence brothers mate uh, do you know them a little bit and also how good are they doing mate do you think jet's going to go undefeated and you think hunter's going to get the title in this pretty fascinating battle with deegan that's obviously you follow it closely it'll be pretty fascinating last three rounds in america won't it oh 100 yeah i um Oh, I doubt they'd remember me, but I definitely knew, knew them when we used to race all the um, the Sunny States and Queensland titles together. I was sort of around sitting around fifth, six, and I know Jet was obviously smoking everyone back then as well when he used to race on the KDM Australia Factory Junior team. I um, Yeah, it always used to be good fun watching them ride and stuff, and obviously Hunter was – he was a fair bit older. I didn't really talk to know him very well, but, yeah, I always used to talk to Jet everyone's while on the start line and race with those sort of – sort of local races but yeah no nah, obviously jed and hunter doing unreal over there they really couldn't be doing much better i, I believe jed will be able to go undefeated this year um there's definitely i don't see any way you can tumble the championship from here is sort of yeah it's sort of uh, outridden everyone obviously and chase is pretty close to give him a run for his money here and there but yeah hunter i don't know i thought hunter would have had it in the back for sure but i don't know if he's sort of headstrong enough i mean i don't know him personally obviously at this stage but i don't know i think Deegan might have a little something for him i don't know 
Yeah, it's going to be pretty spicy, mate, finishing up with a bit of edge there. I suppose if you had to pick, like, it's hard because if you said, you know, who's going to win the next three rounds, you'd probably say Hunter just because the experience and what he's done in the past. But Deegan, like he showed in Washougal, it's he's going to make it pretty interesting, mate. And that's also going to carry into the motocross the nations, that sort of rivalry. And with Australia, there's obviously so many talents out there, mate. Who would you pick to go with the Lawrence brothers? Obviously, Mitch Evans is probably the prime candidate if he's fit and firing like last year. They did so well. But if he's not at a level where he needs to be or anyone's injured, would you, you know, there's obviously the chance to put Hunter up onto a 450 and do Todd or Crawford. And then you also got guys like Beaton, Webster, Tanty, Clout, Ferris is on fire, Waters as you know, the quality is massive in Australia. So what sort of way would you be leaning at the moment, mate, if you had to choose? I don't know. That is actually a very difficult question. Um obviously I put uh, you really obviously couldn't go without Jed or Hunter. They're sort of just at that stage in the racing on like a, they've been racing on a world stage before and they'd obviously know how that sort of setup feels. So I feel like you'd put those two up there and I don't know who the third person would be. I don't know if you'd lean towards Mitch Evans because he knows how that sort of race format works so well from racing all those years in Europe or maybe Beaton. But um, I'm not sure. I was just watching Beaton at a lot of the Australian rounds. He hasn't had that sort of raw speed. He's had that just consistency and sitting around second, third, maybe a odd moto win, but he hasn't won those from just raw speed. He just put himself in the right spot. Um, I don't know. you got Tanny over here. He's obviously always flying. I train with him, so I'd probably be a little biased and lean towards him. <laughs> Ferris has been going unreal as well, but yeah, I, I don't know. Between sort of Ferris and Tanny, maybe, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Obviously, you've got Ferris and Beaton and these kind of guys with that Euro experience, which would obviously go a long way and just the experience of being at the Nations and that kind of thing. Are you going to get over there as a fan or anything, mate? Got any plans for that? No, nah, definitely not. I'll be watching that one from home. I... um. Yeah, I'll be definitely watching that from home. Whenabouts is that one? How far away is that? Got a bit of time, but yeah, I think I'll start of October. Yeah, if I was racing, I'd definitely be over there, but no, I don't think I'll fly all the way over there for a um, perspective. <laughs> no, I think it'll just be absolutely packed. It'll be wild in France with the chainless chainsaws, the flares, the bonfires, everything will be going pretty wild, mate. And yeah, I just wanted to ask also just your sort of aims for the rest of the season, I guess, both motocross and supercross. What are you sort of looking towards? Is there a, you know, a chance to be on the KTM factory team? Is that in your reckoning as well? Obviously, being a privateer, I'd love a chance to be on a factory factory team. And obviously, KDM, I've been, as I said earlier, I've been KDM since I was about six years old. And now I'm 18, so that's a good 12 years on the brand. So, yeah, I'd love to be on a, the KDM factory team, but I'm not sure how full they are or whatnot. But I'll just put my head down and um, definitely I'd love to get a podium at the end of the year or just definitely be running around that top five. I need to get some better starts to sort of set myself up in that right position because... As I said, it's such a pretty deep field, so it's um, yeah, it's not as easy as last year. You'd be able to just pass your way up from twentieth place start to the um, to the lead. So I definitely got to put myself in a better position and um, yeah, have a bit better race craft and sort of I don't know, just as I said, put myself in a better position so I get a better result. So yeah, definitely would love to get a podium before I see this year out in the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, mate. And I was going to say, what are the sort of key areas you actually are looking to improve or you just look at improving everything? And yeah, do you have any you know, weaknesses you believe or, you know, just areas that are you particularly strong in you'd like to describe to the listeners as well? Like what's your riding style like? It's pretty smooth and pretty clean, that kind of thing, mate. Um, yeah, I think things I need to work on is just, just sort of start, just putting myself in a better position in the first five minutes of the moto is just to save myself a lot of work instead of starting in about, 15th, like 12th, and then work my way up like I did in Maitland and work my way up to 
like fifth, fourth. I feel like if I could have started myself in fifth, fourth, like in the top five, I, I don't know. Who knows where I could have uh, ended up or could have ended up in the same position or further back. Who knows? But just want to be able to put myself in a position up there where I can sort of just see see what I can do with a good start. And I feel I have the speed to be running podium pace 100%. But, um, yeah, I just obviously got to get myself in a good position, just really see what I can do with it. Yeah, mate. Do you sort of model your riding on anyone? Is there any riders in America, MXGP, you're sort of looking at and studying particularly closely, like the Lawrence brothers, you know, Prado, Hurlings, Roxon, Tomac. There's just so many out there. Sexton, is there anyone that you look to specifically and admire the most there? Ed and Sexton, really. They just, I don't know, just what they do is so flawless and the way they do stuff and just watching how they, what they do different is um, just trying to see just where, I, what I'm interested in, see where Jet's really outriding um sex and if he's outriding him or if it's bike setup or what but yeah that's what i always try to look at those two riders under the hrc team so that's always pretty interesting oh yeah mate it's like poetry in motion watching those two go out and have you done much work on a 450 for the you know the plan to step up one day obviously you're focusing on 250 for the next couple of years i'd imagine but have you given yourself a chance on it much yeah i've just ridden a few around the practice track and just had a bit of fun i've done a couple of days on it here and there um yeah, I actually really, really enjoy the 450. I feel like I almost feel like I'm quicker on a 450. Just just my riding style from um, just riding 250 all these years. Um, yeah, I just feel like just the way the bike sort of handles and the throttle response and the um, – I just feel like it allows you to sort of be better technique and sort of time a lot of stuff instead of just having to worry about getting on the throttle or just super early on a 250. I just feel like – when I'm riding the 250, I'm just so worried about coming in super hard and just coming out super hard and all that sort of stuff. I feel like 450, you can really, I don't know, I feel like you can really ride the bike and use your technique and think about what you're doing instead of just making sure you're wide open. Yeah, that's a good point, mate. You don't have to wring the neck of it so much. You can sort of, yeah, do what Jet did imperfectly to it. You know, it's just it made it an even better rider, which is quite amazing to see. But yeah, mate, just also a couple more before we let you go. Just sort of hobbies outside motocross, what you do like doing in your free time, bit of golf. What sort of things do you enjoy? If you'd asked me that a couple of years ago, I would have definitely had about nearly the same hours as I did on a 250 on a 110, just, <laughs> uh, just playing around and that sort of stuff. But now it's sort of, I'm leaning into it. I'm doing a lot more surfing during the week, especially in this seven-week break we've had. So living on the Gold Coast, all the nice beaches we got down here. So I've just been just surfing and um, doing a fair bit of cycling. I don't mind that. That's a lot of fun. No, yeah, that's a lot. I do, I do enjoy a fair bit of surfing and then cycling. And then between that, just to the gym and just trying to keep focused. Yeah, mate, it's an all-in schedule. I guess you probably don't have as much time as you want for those other things, but you're working towards, you know, a goal of being the best you can. So massive respect for that, mate. Just wanted to ask, how important are your friends and family in providing the support to do what you got to do? And, you know, if you're having a bad day, there's always someone to lean on, isn't it? So you must be pretty grateful for their presence, I guess. Especially with the privateer program we've got running now. It's um, a lot of help from my mum and dad and, um, yeah, a lot of other sort of close close friends we have helping us run this program. So, yeah, a lot of those people are really important to us. So we got, obviously, mum and dad helping us out heaps. Shane from Motor One Motorcycles and our coach, Nathan, is sort of helps helps set a, set a lot of stuff up. So, yeah, no, I'm really grateful for a lot of those guys and the role they play in my program. That's awesome, mate. And also, yeah, just wanted to give you a chance to sort of thank anyone else and also where can all the fans follow you and, you know, check you out on Instagram and just sort of keep track of your progress, mate, because you're an exciting young rider with a bright future. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, so obviously it's KDM Australia. 
we have Ryan Dunlop. Uh, Fox Australia has been a great help to our program this year. All their great gear. You can go check them all out. Um, I really hope I'm not forgetting any of the sponsors off the top of my head here. And, um, yeah, you can obviously follow me on Instagram at RyanAlexanderson62. So, yeah, I can, we can follow my journey and see what I'm up to and just all my off back all the training during, during the week and then obviously my um, race recaps pretty much. So, yeah, that's where I'll be posting what I've been up to basically. Any plans for some merch and some vlogs in the future too, mate? Yeah, I'd love to do all that vlog sort of set up. It seems a lot of fun, but um, yeah, I, know. I just know a few people that have tried and it's just really time-consuming. So I feel like unless you got it like the Deegans, you have a full-time filmer yeah. and editor, which would be sick. Um, you sort of have to see where your main focus lies if you want to sort of be pro or if you want to just make content. Like you can still do both, but I feel like you have to set your main goal at one of them. So yeah, yeah I feel like it's just a lot of time consuming. But um, no, nah, I might wait wait till I win a few more races, a few races in the next two before I start the merch though as well. Nah, good call, mate. Yeah, cheers again for taking the time to join us. And before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASV Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, cheers again, Ryan, for taking the time and all the best for the rest of the season. It's certainly exciting times ahead, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. No worries.